everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 359, a themed episode. Yeah, and we are 359 episodes in to this podcast where we've been talking about reselling the ups, the downs, every part of reselling, and 359 episodes in, and I mean, are we getting to that place where is reselling done? Are we over this? Like, is this is this the end? Is it time to give up reselling? Because there's there's a lot going on right now in the reselling world. It's getting really difficult. Now, a lot of people are experiencing slowdowns. A lot of people are experiencing struggles. And we do a lot of our themed episodes, not because it's just us that are feeling things or have questions or thoughts on stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, these are things we're hearing from a lot of people. A lot of people are, are contacting us and reaching out. So we wanted to cover it. And we wanted to talk about what our thoughts were on is now the time to leave reselling. Now, I wanted to preface this with there will be no answers in this podcast. <laughs> so these are all going to be things to contemplate. My, Mike and I have always been big about this idea of we are documenting our journey, right? So that, that's kind of where I'm at right now where, you know, I wanted to throw these ideas out. Uh, Mike's going to throw some ideas out. We're just going to talk about it and just see, you know, maybe these are things you think about. Some of you will listen to this podcast and go, I felt encouraged. I should keep reselling. Some of you will listen to this podcast and go, it's time for me to go part-time. Some of you will listen to this podcast and just go, yeah, it's time for me to be done. And some of you will just listen to this and stop listening and just keep listing your items. <laughs> and so, whatever reason you, you choose to listen to. And it's interesting because right now in reselling, uh, there's just there's just so much there's just so much going on. You know, in, in the macro, uh, as far as world, world events, we'll talk about that. As far as even within the platforms, as far as just society as a whole. And so, you know, let, let's just talk about something. Let's start with the, you know, the macro conditions. And I know a lot of people give us, get, you know, we, we get some flag for this because people are like, oh, you know, it's funny because sometimes we get people are like, oh, you guys, you know, get too political, which we're not going to get political. Sometimes we get the, you guys are too negative and we never try to be negative. We just state the facts. Or And then there's some people that are saying, well, you know, you guys are too doom and gloom. And the reality is, I, I'll speak for myself here, is I don't know where we're at. I have no idea. Right? I would say six months ago, on the macro side, I thought that at least, you know, by September, we were going to be in a mess financially. Right? And so, to me, that was seen as an opportunity uh, for resellers to do well. Because everything we had studied... As far as all the stuff I researched, all the newspaper articles, all the resellers that have gone through the 2008 recession, everything I looked at said resellers tend to do really well in a recession. Well, we're, I think we were in a recession, but then we've been told in the last year we're not in a recession. So maybe we're not in a recession, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where we're at. That, that's what I mean. I have no idea. And, and it's tough, too, because... You know, we can look at anecdotal evidence, we can look at statistics, we can look at all these things, but every situation is different. Uh, and you got to really be careful a lot of times, even even when you're doing really good research that's done well, even when you are looking at data that, you know, is accurate, 
you don't always know everything and things can be, you know, they can go different directions. Uh, I think of like, and this is maybe an extreme example, but my wife and, and I, we recently bought a house. So sometimes we're like looking at, or we'll talk about what we're hearing people saying about the housing market. And, you know, a lot of times if, if you hear a real estate agent, it's like, now's the time to buy, even though interest rates are high, like buy now. Cause you could always refi and you can't, well, it's like, well, they're selling houses. Of course they want people to buy. Right. So like, even if like they have good logic and some of the things they're saying, it's, it's really tough to find that stuff. But when the boots hit the ground or when the rubber meets the road or however you want to look at it, what are people experiencing? And that's what you mean with like the macro level. And, you know, there is, there is, you know, we can't cover everything, all the geopolitics, all the things going on and nor would I want to on this episode. But what we can say is that even though resellers may or may not be doing better in a recession because not every recession is going to be the same and all of that technology is different. People's buying habits are different. I mean, last recessions that we had, there wasn't Uber Eats, you know, so like everything is different. So you can't really compare apples to apples on that stuff. But the reality is, I don't think you can, I don't think you can deny that across the board, uh, retail stores, resellers are are experiencing a a dip right now or experiencing a down. And so whatever you want to call it, um, that there's, there's big macroeconomic level stuff that's causing where, where people won't aren't making as much prices are going up on a lot of things and prices go down and other things because there's just not as much desire. Like why is it TVs have gotten so cheap? Well, technologies have gotten cheaper. So cheap, like 300 bucks for a 58 inch screen at Costco. It was crazy. crazy. Yeah. So like technology has gotten cheaper. So that's part of it, but also is the demand less, right? Like if people are trying to pay their electricity bill and people are trying to pay rent and people are trying to buy food, they're not buying TVs. So now all these companies have all these TVs, so they're willing to sell it for less, just like we do, right? Like, we're selling things for less a lot of times in our stores, not because, hey, the economy is so good. I just want to give good deals because prices are low. We're selling things for less because like nobody wants to buy our stuff right now because they're trying to buy other things. And so I need to have my price competitive enough that it, it becomes appetizing. And so, yeah, the macro level stuff is certainly a, a concern that people need to think about. And, and the interesting thing about it is the reason I bring this up is something you have to think about. Are you... Are you willing to endure this, right? Are you willing to go, you know what, it's it's going to be, you know, pretty tough, right? It may be tough for two months. It may be tough for three months. It may be tough for six years. We don't really know, right? And I was talking to Mike before the podcast how in February, remember I had talked about how things were really rough, something needs to change, and I put my store at 50% off. And then things skyrocketed, like things took off. I had a good six months of, you know, shipping out, at least 30 to 40 packages a day, you know, sometimes more feels a good day. And that number has gone substantially down right now. And I'm just like, wow, like this is, this is crazy. Now, will things rebound in Q4? Don't know. Right. It, it, you know, that's the other component here is, you know, we just, we mentioned on, on a previous uh, update uh, episode, how Amazon had the largest prime day ever. So does that mean, you know, is it, is it me? <laughs> is it what I'm selling? If for a lot of you resellers, and we're, we actually just dropped a mini-sode about uh, stop blaming the platforms <laughs> because it's real easy for us to go. You know, the, the I mentioned on that mini-sode how, you know, people, I don't know where people get this info, but people always get this info. It's like eBay is going through some updates and that's why sales are slow. And the moment people say that, I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? Do you have a phone line to the IT guy? Is there a website that I don't know about that says we are updating? That means the algorithm will be slower. Like, how do you know? Right. So 
I want people to think about the macro conditions. You know, are, are you comfortable? Uh, are you comfortable being uncomfortable uh, if things don't get better? Right. Do you have the ability to still source? Do you have the ability to still make sales to pay the bills and so on? And later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about, you know, is, is there something you need to adapt to and something you need to think about? Now, we do know that eBay, right, in their latest earning call, right, they said their fees, their, the money from fees are up, but their sales are down. So is is that is that a good thing? Is it is that? Is that something that as you as a reseller are okay with knowing that you're on a ship that is is sinking, but is it sinking or is, does it, or, or did people, are some people that are in certain uh, niches, like are they in lifeboats and they're, they kind of got away from it a little bit because they found a niche that even though eBay sales are down, they're still doing real well. And I'm yeah. sure there's people listening to this podcast right now that are doing really well and going like, no, I'm not getting out of reselling anytime soon. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to that idea of like the data can be fine. The all of the stuff that we're looking at, like you could say like, hey, and, and we fill it as resellers. And we've talked probably obnoxiously about the idea that eBay is um, charging their sellers more. Uh, they're keeping their bottom line like it looks like they're somewhat profitable as a company. But more and more of that money is coming from their sellers, not from gross volume of sales. But... The other thing, though, is does that mean that f- that that reselling in general is down or like there's other there could be other things. And here's another side of the, the the thing. There's other factors. Here's another factor. We've talked about this as well. There are other there are other companies now. Like there was a time mm-hmm. when it was eBay, right? Like eBay was was it. And then Amazon comes around and, and they they take a different market. But then now you've got Etsy and then you've also got, you know, Depop and then you've also got Poshmark and Mercari and offer up and like it, the list goes on. So all of these companies, like you've said over and over, like, well, you know, eBay is still the big, the big, the big, you know, business. But yeah. if all these companies are coming in and taking vertical slices, like, okay, well, we'll take your used clothes from this particular market. And then another company comes in and goes, well, we'll take your trading cards. And somebody else comes in and says, we'll take right. Like they, and they start taking various aspects of eBay's customer base overall reselling could actually be doing higher but just it's being spread out along further you know more more markets and more platforms instead of all just kind of being focused on ebay so are you suggesting that maybe it's you know people need to diversify maybe where they list or maybe you know i mean I, it, I don't it know. could be it's not a one size fits all like again like if you're if you're in the market where i mean it, it's a pretty pretty clear cut like who's the who are the people who buy from Poshmark right like you can kind of tell the demographics of who their population is buying from them and who are the who what's the demographics of the people and interest level of the people who are buying from Depop versus so if you're in one of those niches then yeah absolutely you should be moving over or maybe be considering moving some more of your stuff over but is it a one size fits all probably not right like if you're if you're just selling Harley shirts you're probably not going to do as well on Poshmark as you're going to do on eBay uh but then at the same time, like you might be in a niche where it's necessary. So you can't just blanket say like, yeah, diversify because maybe you don't need to. Uh, but I think when you're trying to kind of, again, look at that macro level, you can say like, look, eBay selling fewer items on their store. They're making less money total on the items they're selling. Yeah. But if, if you look at the numbers across the board and all of these other companies, and you combine how much Poshmark makes and how much all these other companies are making, 
maybe there's still percentage wise more people buying on on reselling platforms than have ever bought. Like you would have to aggregate all of that data and consider all the different factors in, which again, that can be manipulated, but looking at a bigger scale, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, it's really bad where I'm at, but maybe overall it's not as bad. I mean, it could be, it might not be, I'm, I'm not saying either way. It just, you have to consider other factors as well. I know I agree. And it's interesting. I did a little research. I went on therapy and I just wanted to see, you know, year to year from 2021 to 2223, did the number of sellers go down. And now that's a really hard number to come up with because you can't just put how many sellers you have to like choose an item on therapy. Unless I did it wrong, let us know in the comments if you know a better way, but you like choose an item and it'll, you'll be able to tell how many active items are worth for the year and then how many sold. Uh, and then you can compare the listings and the sellers for each year. So let, let me give an example, right? So, uh, and I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you can pull this up on the screen, but, <laughs> uh, so I did, I looked at Pendleton shirts. Okay. So if you scroll down to Google Doc there, Mike, I don't know if you can see it, but uh, Pendleton shirts, okay? So from August 17, 2021 from to August 17, 2022, right? Because it's when we're recording, this is August 17. Uh, I can only go, you know, during those dates. I looked and there were a total of 4,779 listings for Pendleton shirts, okay? All right. So that, that's not too bad, okay? And 41% of them uh, were promoted listings. Okay. Now the number, okay. It, the hard thing is it, the, it doesn't really give you, um, yeah, see the, the number. Oh, now I'm looking at the number. Never mind. Scratch, scratch the research. Cause I'm looking at the numbers and even still it, it's weird. The data it gives you is not the same. It tells you, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you how many sellers there were when it initially started. I thought it would tell you, it just tells you how many active listings, but it doesn't tell you how many sold, but um, oh no, 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 here you go, here you go. Never mind, I found it. Okay. So in 2021, for Pendleton shirts, for Pendleton shirts, there from that August 17, August 17 of 2022, there were 4,779 active listings for Pendleton shirts. A year later, there was 22,000 active listing for Pendleton shirts. Now, this could mean anything. This could mean vintage, this could be new. This could be anything, anything that's had the keywords Pendleton shirts. Okay. Now, if you look at the amount of sellers, right, a lot of people are saying that there's less sellers on eBay, but the data here for the shirts, now this is anecdotal. Okay. There were 12,931 total sellers in, in that period of 2021 to 2022. Now there's 14,242 total sellers from 2022 to 2023. So, 2,000 more sellers, but there's a huge increase in the amount of listings, right? We went from, we had 4,700 listings to now there's 22,000 listings. So that's super saturated. And the amount of items selling hasn't really changed, right? The total number of Pendleton shirts that sold in that time period in 2021 to 2022 was 1.1 and and 1.100 it's 1,100,121 in the next year it was 1,156,902 so not much change right so thousands of more listings thousands, like a crazy amount of listings but the same amount sold right so that that's kind of rough 
right? You're, you're competing in a field that keeps getting more saturated and more saturated and more saturated. Okay, now let's look at Harley shirts. And then I'll, I'll be quiet after this. So with Harley shirts, okay, August 17, 2021 to August 17, 2022, okay, the total active listings was 37,143, okay? Then you get to uh, that same time frame, 2022 to 2023, the total number of active listings at that point is 136,000, okay? And all I did is type in Harley Davidson shirt. So I may be wrong, but that looks like there's a hundred thousand more shirts listed in one year, a hundred thousand more shirts listed. Okay. And let's take a look at the amount of Harley Davidson shirts sold per year. Okay. 2021 to 2022, 4.4 million. 2022 to 2023, 4.6 million. So it only went up. 200,000, yet the number of listings went up by 100,000. So two takeaways for me for this. Number one, unless you have something super special, you're going to have a terrible time in those fields. Terrible time. If you're just picking up any random Pendleton, any random Harley-Davidson shirt, you're going to have a horrible time. At least that's my perception. Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I mean... You know, trying to follow through all those numbers, I'm sure some of our listeners struggle a little bit. But I, I mean, the 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 fact of the matter is, you know, it's tough. It's tough. It's hard. I get it. <laughs> okay. All right. So just to summarize, hundred thousand more listings. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. In comparison from um, year to year. All right. So that kind of, I think, that leads into the next point, which is there's more competition, and this is something you hear all the time, right? So it's like I don't want to, I don't want to like push on this too much because this is one of the things people have accused us from even since day one of making the podcast is isn't aren't you going to make more competition and i think the the fear is always there that all of a sudden like 80 percent of the population is going to become a reseller and then now all of a sudden you're not gonna be able to make money and i don't think that's ever going to be the case if you're good at what you do there's going to be plenty of opportunities however um when you go to thrift stores or you're going to garage sales, I, I do think there has been an increase in resellers and it could be because of those macroeconomic level things we we're talking about. When, when the economy is hard, more and more people are going to be looking for things to do. Um, and we talked about it goes both ways. Like when the economy is really good, people find it as an easy hustle as things get harder. A lot of those like uh, almost like fair weather fans, like when things are really good, they're there. A lot mm -hmm. of those resellers are going to drop out if they were just doing it for fun. But again, those who are like taking it seriously or need to take it seriously because they're trying to pay their bills, they might be going harder. And so that, that does increase, increase some, um, some level of competition. And then also we talked about there's more competition from the thrift stores themselves. Like more and more thrift stores are recognizing what they have. They're trying to get top dollar. They're not, they're trying to make ends meet as well. Like we can't, we can't look at thrift stores as if they're just big bad guys who are like, doing something that we're not also doing, yeah. which is trying to turn a profit. Like things have gotten more expensive. Their labor has gotten more expensive. Their bills have gotten more expensive. So what do they do? Well, maybe we need to charge more and maybe long-term it's a foolish plan. If they charge too much, they're not going to be selling things. It hurts them. So then those prices eventually adjust. But as they're figuring things out, AI, they're getting people who are more tech savvy. I mean, think about it just generationally, like more and more of the people going into the workforce are just, they're digital natives. They've been They've lived on the internet since they were 
kids. So for them, it's easy to go, oh, yeah, like just sell this stuff online. Whereas like maybe 20 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, a lot of the people working there never even thought of trying to sell the stuff online. So there's more competition from other resellers, the thrift stores themselves, even on the platforms, you're getting more and more people kind of finding out about these platforms, they could sell stuff. So it's, it may make it seem like things are harder. But maybe again, looking at the big picture, if more people are, are maybe your percentage has gone down, maybe you're making 10% less 20% less than you made last year, which that's significant. I wouldn't I wouldn't look at that and say like, Oh, who cares? Like, you know, stop complaining. That's that's significant. That yeah. could that could hurt you and your your plans and being able to survive. However, if a lot more people are making some money too, like overall, the big scheme of things, like maybe maybe more people are doing well on reselling, even if it's just a little bit here and there. So it's tough. Like if you personally are down, it's hard. But that increased competition could mean that more people are actually experiencing some success. So it's you got to kind of take the good with the bad in that. And then, you know, there's other item, you know, the changes in shipping, which to me, actually, I would argue it, it's been a positive uh, in, in this last, you know, this last go around with USPS as far as ground advantage went. It, it definitely, I would say, gave you more options for shipping It made shipping uh, cheaper. Uh, if you went over one pound as far as, you know, being able to choose ground advantage over priority at times. But Again, shipping, right, changes, it costs more, right? And so you're looking at prices have gone up, right? Because you got to think when you sell an item, you can't just think about just selling it for the price that you list it for. They're paying that price plus the shipping, right? So you might have something listed for 50 and you might have $13 shipping. Well, they're actually paying $63 plus they're paying the tax, right? So maybe they're paying whatever, $61 uh, no, they're paying more than that. They're paying uh, $71 in total for everything if you include taxes, right? So it depends what you know, state and, and so on that you're in. So you have to think about the fact that going into reselling, you got to be really aware uh, that, that shipping is something that has gone up uh, for everyone. Are you willing to, to maybe make sure you take the effort to ensure that you're accurate in your shipping because it's going to cost you a lot more if you're not accurate now are are you willing to at this point in time if you're doing free shipping are you willing to eat continue eating the cost or are you going to change to calculated shipping or just charging shipping uh, are you willing to accept free returns right because that's that's the other component we talked about that in our last uh, i think themed episode and the fact that you know, or no, we, yeah. in our mini soda are, you know, taking profits and shipping. And so right now the conditions overall, I would say makes for a very tough place to resell. Now, if you find yourself in the ability to get inventory for really cheap, right? Maybe, you know, there's a lot of people right now have gone to whatnot and maybe they've gone to whatnot because it's been profitable. Right. And so these are all things you, you need to think about when it comes to these current conditions. Now I will say, on top of all that, which is going to lead to our ad here, <laughs> now more than ever does the IRS want to take from your paycheck in reselling. More than ever, right? You've always had to report things, right? That's always been your legal obligation to report anything that you sell in reselling. 
But now, right, we hit the $600 threshold, right? Anything that you make over $600 needs to be reported, whether it be offer up, whether it be eBay, Amazon, whether it be your neighbor that you sold things for that you never even listed on Craigslist, you still need to report that. And so, you know, now are you at a point in your reselling where you're like, I don't know if I want to deal with it. Now, if you want to deal with it, there's a great tool called My Reseller Genie. And if you haven't used My Reseller Genie, it definitely will make your reselling a lot smoother, a lot easier, because instead of dealing with Excel spreadsheets, instead of worrying, you know, what am I going to do for taxes? How am I going to track my profits? My Reseller Genie can do all of that. And if you haven't signed up yet, you can get 15% off the first month by using our link below and using our code Pure Hustle all in caps. That's again, our code pure. So all in caps, you'll get 15% off the, your first month on my reseller genie. Yes. Good. Love that. Love that product. It's super helpful for us. Um, and we wouldn't be talking about it if we a hundred percent didn't think that reselling is definitely doable, um, and, and, and can still work. And so that, that provides or kind of leads into the next question is, are things going to rebound? Right. Um, are things going to get better or is the new normal um as much as i hate like those this is one of those phrases that like i've heard too many too many I know, times i know uh but are things going to get better are things going to change um or are we how are we going to adapt to it and and one of the things to remember is i think there are plenty of buying opportunities right now now it kind of goes against what we were saying as far as thrift stores go because i, I do think thrift stores it, it's more challenging to buy at but when the economy is hard or when things are tough, people are willing to offload things at, at a cheaper price. And it's hard because if you're in a, a niche where it's kind of a want instead of a need, then you're going to have a harder time selling those items because people have less disposable income. And you can always say, well, I sold this thing. There are always people who have disposable income, right? We're, we're talking about like if 51% if, if of the population that had disposable income now don't and the other 49 do like that's a shift right so it all it takes is one percent now the majority of the country has more or less disposable income so it's sure there are going to be plenty of people who have disposable income but in in general there's less there just is i mean and, and that's why like we know like when it's tax when it's tax time and people are getting these tax returns people spend a ton more when people start spending when they get you know bonuses christmas bonuses things like that you notice you're, you're getting more sales because all of a sudden there's a little bit of extra money people didn't have. So we know the impact of when people have disposable incomes. There will be some people who have it, some people who don't. And as the economy gets harder and more challenging, more and more people have less and less disposable income. And so people who have that giant RC car collection or they have the Magic the Gathering cards or whatever it is, and they're just not able to spend as much money in the hobby. So they're not buying those things. And in fact, they might be offloading those things. So if you can, if you've got the, uh, if time is on your, your side in the sense of you're okay with buying, you've got the capital and you'll sit on something for a while, when things do rebound, when the economy gets better, you could be sitting on a gold mine that you picked up for pennies on the dollar, right? Like the biggest swings of wealth change when it changes hands happen in big economic downturns because all of a sudden everything is, prices drop on things. When the stock market crashes, that's devastating to people who are about ready to retire. It's great news for people who are a long ways from retiring because they can just buy up all of that stuff and they're buying it at a discount. And so you got to kind of think about it that way. If you've got a long time to go, if you can think long term and say, hey, like I can buy now, I've got enough capital. 
Uh, I'm still making enough bread and butter sells, but I if I buy these great items now at a good price and they sell, I don't know, three years from now, four years from now, and at a really, really good price, you could really walk away winning on that. Now, of course, it's no, it's not a a, a set in stone. Like you could you could gamble on the Pokemon cards that are going for pennies on the dollar right now, and Pokemon might not ever pick back up in the market it was in, and you lost. You yeah. gambled and lost. So it's not a it's not a guarantee. But I tell you what, there's definitely more and more people. If you look on things like OfferUp, Facebook Marketplace, uh, Craigslist, at Garage Sales, I feel like people are offloading bulk supplies of hobby stuff that that before they would have been looking for top dollar. Because when you have, I mean, just think about it that way. If, if I've got disposable income, and that's why when you see on OfferUp and stuff, when someone's like not in a hurry to sell it, right? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take a deal. Yeah. I'm firm on my price because yeah, I've got money. I don't need your money. But if all of a sudden I'm like, oh, things are pretty tight or you're on a time constraint, right? You're like, I've got to move in two days and this has to be gone. People are more motivated to sell. And so if you can hold on to it, man, there's it's a good opportunity right now. Yeah. And again, that, that applies to resellers, too. You know, we get messaged almost on the daily in the DMs about people asking, you know, do you know anybody that wants to buy this? Uh, do you know? Uh, anybody that wants my eBay store, I'm done with eBay. And so there is opportunity if you're able to hold on, right? If you're able to figure out ways to make it happen right now, you know, I don't know when things are going to rebound, but if you are able to pick up, like you said, a lot of good inventory. And I would say if you could pick up inventory from other resellers, because remember all that, most of that stuff has been pre-picked, right? You're saving a lot of time. You're saving gas and not having to travel here and there. You're just buying a one-stop shop. Uh, you have plenty of opportunity available to you. And then when things rebound, you have that inventory already ready to go in your store. Now, there is, along with that, with people selling their eBay stores, there is the possibility of less competition. I don't see it yet. I see a lot of people talking about there's less resellers. I think it's all anecdotal. If somebody can provide me data, I would love to see that. Right, The data I showed earlier showed that there's... I don't know if there's more resellers, but there's thousands of more items being listed in the used market than ever before. Right. So that has to tell me there's more resellers that, yeah, there might be people quitting, but as a result of the macroeconomics you had mentioned before, there's a lot of people going reselling now, trying to make ends meet, trying to make that those few hundred bucks that they need to pay the rent, pay electricity, whatever it may be. And so in time though, or as far as the skilled resellers, right? If you've been somebody that's been, reselling for a decent amount of time. I would say a decent amount of times. Like if you've been reselling for more than two years, you have a pretty good grasp of what you're doing. Obviously there's a lot more knowledge the longer you've been doing it, but you know, you're for sure going to know what you're buying in comparison to somebody that's been added for a month or two months or even a year, right? You're going to have that knowledge. You're going to understand the ebb and flow. You're going to understand, you know, Q4 or how used goods, what kind of used goods sell well in Q1, you're going to understand all those things. So maybe now is not the time to step out in reselling. Uh, if you can just hold out, right. And understand that, Hey, the, all the knowledge you've gained, it hasn't been for vain, uh, that in time that it's going to work out and you're going to be able to not only pick up a lot of good stuff, but now you're going to have less competition that you're going to have to deal with. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it's good. All right. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing to consider is timing, right? Like, we're still in summer slowdown. Yeah. Right? Like, we're in summer yeah. slowdown. Maybe it's the worst time to have this episode. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't want to. Like, we get accused of being doom and gloom sometimes, and then other people accuse us of being too like nice and friendly about platforms, and we're not being realistic enough about the yeah. hardship. So it goes both ways. Um, but it is slow right now. It's the summer, and so I feel like every year, every single year, and you've been really big on like there's no such thing as summer slowdown. And I think uh, I think maybe you're finally realizing you know there is. You this is the first time it, ever, but yes. Yeah, you could say I work three times as hard in the summer to make the same amount. It's not slowing down. Yeah, because you're speeding up. Sales have slowed down, though. Um, anyways, that's another conversation. <laughs> but, but you know, things are going to pick up. Q4 is around the corner. When Christmas time comes, I mean, it's like people forget. It's like you talk to, like, my wife's a good example, you know, having a baby if you ask a woman a, a couple weeks after having a baby if she's going to have another one it's like no right because it's all fresh in the mind of, of, of what they went through and then like a year or two later it's like oh that sounds like a great idea it's like you forget like we're built that way to like forget hardships and remember the good times and and so once we get into q4 it's almost like you forget like oh yeah things get really hard in the summer and then they get and so you get used to things being really really great and then a few months go around and things change and now it's the summertime and you're like why are things so awful and you forgot like okay this is kind of just the cycle of just business in general and so knowing that q4 is around the corner that rebound is it's it's more of a temporary like there's short term and long term and so we're in a dip it's going to pick back up and this dip and back up might be low compared to the previous years but it's still probably lower than it's going to be in a few months and again, if that is the case, then you got to make sure your costs are low, right? Because if it's lower, then your cost has to be lower. But yeah, I, and th and that that's the one thing I've learned about reselling is that you can go. And again, it's not just the macro; it's just overall how the algorithm works. I think, you know. I, and again, we, Mike and I have no proof about this, but we've talked about how new resellers get sucked into reselling. Right? They're on eBay, they get all these sales, they go on source, they list all these items, and then things slow down. It's like, why? Like nothing's really changed, right? You're sourcing the same items. The, the macroeconomics hasn't changed much in a month, but somehow your sales stopped. Right. And, and reselling's like that lately. You know, there's, I, there's days that I could have, a, you know, a grand in sales and then I'll have two to 300 bucks. Right. Or I'll have a full week where it's, you know, five to 600 every single day. And then the next week it's like, you know, <laughs> 100 to 200 some days, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So understand eBay always, as far as, as far as my understanding, since I've been doing this for 10 years and obviously only full time, the last five to six, uh, it's always rebounded. There's been times where it's been like, this is the end, but it's not. And, and things rebound and, and we're okay. I will say there hasn't been a time like this where it's been a lot more lows than highs. But, you know, that may ch that can change. That can change at any moment, you know, and, and with your inventory, you may have something that was dead for two years and I don't know, it's a new hot item and you start selling like crazy, right? You just, you just, you just don't know. And so, you know, I encourage you if, if there's no options, like for me, there is no option, right? I either have to make it or I have to make it. I can't, you know, you had asked me for the podcast, like, all right, what if, what if sales never rebound, right? What is the option right now? Well, right now I'm in a tough spot because as an educator, I'm not going to, you know, let's say, let's say worst comes to worst and I have to get a full-time job in education. What are my chances, Mike, you think right now of getting a job in full-time ed? If you wanted to get, it'd be super easy. 
Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought since school started, it'd be hard. Oh, okay. So you mean like speak? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Since school started, it'd be more challenging. Uh, as far as like, there's a shortage of educators, so it, it's pretty easy to find a job in education. Uh, but yeah, okay. timing wise, that way, yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay, but but let's say you were in a field like that where you kind of missed the boat, right? Like right now is not the time to apply, right? Right now, you know, I don't I'll give it a simple simple illustration. If your skills are being a, li- a lifeguard. Like right now, applying to be a lifeguard would probably be the worst time, right? Because summer's ending, right? No one's hiring lifeguards, especially if you're like in the Midwest, okay? Because everything's frozen over, okay? So the only options are, hey, I need to keep reselling, right? So that means I I need to stay consistent. I need to hold it out. I need to make sure I take offers. I need to make sure I do sales. I need to make sure I run promotions. I, I have to do whatever I can to make it. And hopefully when we get closer to Q4, I think Q3 is going to start uh, things start rebounding and things begin to improve. Okay. Hey, if you're looking for a place to encourage you, there's a lot of encouragement in our discord. And so despite where this podcast has been, uh, you know, very upbeat. I, what I love about our discord is, you know, every once in a while, somebody will go in there and they'll say like eBay's done, eBay's bad, but that is rarely the case. And even if that happens, there are plenty of people to jump in and go, actually think about this. You know, where were you six months ago? Uh, or, you know, I've been through this and things recovered and things improved. And so if you're looking for a place of encouragement, I strongly encourage you to uh, sign up for our Patreon. It's five fifty five a month. You go to the link below at uh, patreon.com slash pierce podcast. And the bonus will be you get to jump on the Discord and find that encouragement, find that community you need uh, to thrive as a reseller. Uh, also, uh, you can follow us on social media. We are Pure Hustle Podcast on all platforms except for on X. On X, we are Pure Hustle Cast. Uh, you can also find us on threads. We need to start posting. I need to start posting on threads again. Kind of started slacking on that one. So many platforms. Like, I'm wondering at what point will, is, is there too many platforms? Right? Too many. But anyways, uh, you can always give us a call 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Uh, or shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And as always, grateful to all of you that have jumped on over. Hit that subscribe. And even if you're just listening to the podcast, uh, just come on over. And it'll give you notifications whenever we drop a Monday mini-sode or any kind of special emergency episode. And uh, always thankful for all of you that leave iTunes reviews, uh, especially when you, you know, you detail as to why you enjoy the podcast and why you find that helpful. And uh, I thought I'd share a couple of those just because I always enjoy, uh, you know, reading what, what people have to say about why they enjoy the podcast. Because if you're new to listening, you're like, huh, should I keep listening to these guys? And maybe this information uh, you will find helpful. Now, we are the most reviewed uh, podcast out there as far as reselling goes, and that's because of all of you that listen and and take the time uh, to share. And so uh, we always keep it real, good and bad. And so this comes from uh, Maxi Sophie. Interesting tips. Said the show is very informative and interesting. It would be nice to hear more from Mike, and maybe the two hosts could interview guests from time to time. I think that's fair. I I have been very... uh, Outspoken lately. You try to dominate the podcast, Rolando. What's up with that? Come on. You got to give me a chance I, to speak. I, I have I just, things to say. I just, Important I just gotta, things to say. Come on. See, even now I'm trying to cut you off while you're saying I'm trying to. I'm trying to get a little bit of redemption here, my opportunity to shine, my opportunity to speak, and you're cutting me off from that even. That's messed up. 
Come on, man. Hurt my feelings. Hurting my feelings. It's okay. All right. I'll forgive you. All right. I appreciate it. I didn't know I was asking for forgiveness. Anyways, all right. You didn't have to ask for it. I gave it to you. You don't, I don't hold on to things like that. Like, hey, I've learned in life, you got to let things go. If you, if you, if you hold things against people, it's just going to eat you alive, you know? That's true. Are we one of those podcasts too, or like part of eight people? Like, the only one in prison of unforgiveness is you. You know, I mean, (laughs) I think we'd, I think we'd probably be able to reach a wider audience if that's what we were doing. But then also, we'd be a dime a dozen. So I I like what we do. We're unique. You just contradicted both. What? we'd reach a wider audience we'd be yeah, down a dozen because it's a bigger it's a bigger pie right like okay, it's it's right, right, you, you, right. you get a smaller sliver of a bigger pie all right i get what you're saying okay this comes from a uh, flat mat mike and orlando are great i just started selling on ebay and i've learned a ton from the content these guys put out regarding everything from sourcing to the app tools that help managing my reselling business i love the bolos and the hustle of the week if you're a reseller or thinking about reselling you got to check out this podcast thank you flat mat really appreciate that and then uh, one more here. Uh, this is from Jane123456. Said, great podcast. I love hearing about reselling. Thanks for the good tips and tricks. So thank you, everyone. Uh, I really appreciate it. If you haven't had a chance, if you could leave us at five stars, I want to get out of the 4.9 range. That is my goal. And you say it's not possible, but I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. So, all right. <laughs> Are you ready to this next epic session? Yeah. Oh, I'm ready. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah, hustle of the week. Um, this is this is that part of the episode which kind of hopefully gives a little bit of that positivity, that motivation, because mm-hmm. sometimes you can get stuck in like that echo chamber of like things are bad, things are bad, things are bad. And when you celebrate a little bit of wins, man, it makes a big difference. I'll give you an example, like the other day I was at work and you know a lot of people were being negative about something. And then I had one one of my coworkers came up and was like, hey, let me show you. And then they like showed me some examples of like some things that were super positive. They're like, here's some great things. And like it was just really cool to hear, like, hey, you know, sometimes it's easy to get negative, but but there's a lot of positive going on. So our hustle of the week are things that people have been able to flip for a lot of money, some awesome deals people have come across. And just a reminder that if you're out there hustling really hard these come up. These aren't every day. We don't want to be the type of podcast that makes people think like this is the normal, that every single time you go to a garage sale, thrift store, you're going to be finding a huge deal that's going to change your life, but they happen. And so our first one comes from Jordan. His Instagram handle is at the upstate picker. So he won an abandoned storage auction for a unit that hasn't been touched in 15 to 20 years. So it was a thousand dollars, which included the fees. Um, so paid up because he could see that there were three Bratz Sweet Dreams dolls in the Bratz. photos. Bratz. Oh, Bratz. Yes. Not Bratwurst. Not Bratwurst. I mean, but those might be worth money too. Starting over. Three <laughs> Bratz Sweet Dreams dolls in the photos. Okay. Wait, the- can, I, can I stop? I'm going to interrupt you. I need to interrupt you. <sighs> yes, Orlando, you may okay. interrupt me. All right. What are the odds that 30 seconds ago I was thinking about what I was going to make for dinner and that I needed to get onions for the Bratwurst? Mm, and then you yeah. said brats. See, that's like it's it's, it's uh, that's special. I hope that those are the best brats you ever have because they were. It's a sign that that's what you need. I'm serious. All right, I'm done. Okay, continue. Right. So one of them was Felicia, which is a brats grail. So it turns out that all three of the packages were the rare Felicia doll listed one, and it sold for seven hundred and thirty-five dollars plus shipping. 
And there were a lot of great items in this unit. So the average cost was around $7 for each sellable item. Okay, a couple of things I like here. One, one of them sold. It's already almost paid for this unit that you were willing to pay up on. And and you got to take risks, right, to do those kinds of things. Uh, you could have paid out for those and then realized that those boxes were empty or something. You know, like it, it, it can be scary. Mm -hmm. uh, but here's the other thing that I really love about this that Upstate Picker did. And I think we need to like try and incorporate this as much as we can is the idea of the, it was a cost around $7 for each sellable item. And that's a good way of looking at it. And I think that's how we naturally do it. But I think that's a good way to clarify because sometimes you, if you buy in a, a lot of stuff and some of the stuff is kind of junk, you still could do like, well, I bought a hundred items and I only paid a hundred dollars. So it averages a dollar an item. Well, if you can only sell 10 of those items, really, mm -hmm. then, then it averaged $10 an item. So that's a better, that's a better and more accurate way of, of kind of identifying how much those things cost that you're selling. So fantastic job, Jordan. Uh, that's a man. I need to, I need to be on the lookout. And th that's why we love the hustle of the week too. It's also things to be on the lookout for Brad stalls, man. Ooh. Yeah, I have, I have one of the grills here that sells for about 300, not as good as his. I, I hope that when he sold that Felicia doll and he put it in the mail and sent it out, he said, <laughs> bye Felicia. I knew you were going there. I was going to do that joke. There we go. Beach too. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Check out Upsy Picker on Instagram though. A lot of great finds. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, Upsy Picker. So this comes from. <laughs> Uh, Rex and uh, Ling from IG Handle point us the way on Instagram. They said, we've been looking for older vintage items and find that a lot of people are overpricing, matching eBay not sold at garage sales. Oh, it's the worst when that happens. So we've been trying to find things at each sale that they do not value. It's a great way to source. We're at a multifamily barn sale out in the country when there was a ton of Pyrex, Tupperware, and other collectibles that were really high dollar. The toaster caught my eye just because it was all chrome. Yeah, definitely keep an eye for chrome toasters. We sold some other vintage toasters before, but never one like this. We plugged it in to test and couldn't figure out how it worked. So we almost left it. And then Hubby decided to push down on the inside toast holder and voila, it warmed up. We bought it for $8, had to shine it up a bit and make the chrome sparkle, but it sold in 24 hours. Sold a vintage mid-century Sunbeam T35 radiant control auto drop pop-up toaster for $179.99 plus ship. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Love that. I, I love toasters. I, I people usually pass them up. Uh I've I've sold some good toasters recently uh for over a hundred dollars too. So keep it and they're easy go. to test, like on site. So let me let me oh. give a bolo real quick. Dual it is another good one. That's one I huh. recently sold. Nice. So keep an eye. Very good. All right. Um, all right. Our next one comes from Jin's Odd Finds, which is one of our Discord members and uh, kind of an OG on our Discord who's been like really just putting out good stuff since the beginning, really. Um, so sold a set of vintage McDonald's glasses in mint condition. Cost free. So mom had them in her house and she was downsizing. Sold for $100 plus shipping on Etsy. And that's one we don't hear a lot of in our Hustles of the Week. Uh, so it's just cool again to see that there is a market for that, even vintage stuff. Um, you know, you can sell on Etsy. A lot of times people think Etsy is just homemade goods, uh, but there's definitely a market for, for vintage things on there as well. Um, and I love that hundred dollars from free. That's the best kind of profit. And by the way, glasses, like glasses that you drink from not glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just in case people are listening going, oh, were they Ronald McDonald glasses? Or maybe no one was thinking that except for me. 
Just you, Orlando. That's okay. Just me. All right. All right. Uh, my hustle of the week, I guess I'll share. Uh, so I don't know. Do you remember when I talked about that Mad Magazine haul that I had? Yes. A while back? Yep. Okay. So just to refresh everybody, somebody had posted on, uh, I think it was on Craigslist, and it was Mad Magazines. And I recently sold like two or three Mad Magazines uh, that were vintage for about like 20 bucks a piece. And I was like, wow, there's, there's a market for this. And so I went on Craigslist and somebody had a box and in this box were all these mad magazines from the nineties. A lot of them in the, like the plastic second class mail wrap that things come up, come in when like you get a magazine or it also had the brown paper wrapping on it. And they said, Hey, I want to, I want to give this to a collector, somebody that'll appreciate this. I might just give this away for free. So instantly I messaged them because in the nineties, young little Orlando would catch the bus from school when he was in, in fifth and sixth grade. And he would go to the public library and read magazine for like an hour, a uh, mad magazine for an hour or two, probably not the most beneficial reading, but it was right next to the batting cages. So I would go read mad magazine for about an hour or two. And then I hit the batting cages and then I'd go home. Okay. And so I really enjoyed those magazines. So I was like, wow, I can even connect with this person. Maybe I'll be able to get it for free. So I, I emailed them. I said, hey, listen, I grew up. I told them the whole story. Ghosted me. Never, never said anything. A month later, I see the listing still up. I, I emailed them again. I'm like, hey, just checking. You know, I, I really would be interested in these magazines. Didn't hear anything. Another month goes by. I still see the listing. I email them. I'm like, hey, just checking up. You know, I haven't heard anything. I'm willing to even pay for these magazines. You know, I know you say to give them for free, but I wouldn't mind free. So I show up and it's a very wealthy neighborhood. And there's a box of about, I want to say about 50. No, I think it was about 80 magazines, 80 magazines. And he's like, here you go. And I'm like, oh, so can I just take these? And he's like, nah, I want 20 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, all right, fine. Here's your $20. And I didn't say it like that. I said, all right, 20 bucks. Here you go. And I went home and instantly I sold one. It was like a vintage Mad Magazine with Mike Tyson. And so, you know how they always make fun caricatures on Mad Magazine and instantly sold for 20 bucks within a week. So I already made my money back. So since then, since I think I picked these up back in October, November last year, I have sold a total of magazines for a total gross profit of $458 plus shipping. Right. So a total net, I've probably made, I want to say over $350 in all of these magazines. And I, I've only sold, I think about, I want to say like 20 or so of them. I haven't sold a ton. So I still got a whole other ton left. So if you're able to, you know, low cost and you're willing to wait for, you know, items to sell the, you know, over time, you're going to be really profitable. I just had a guy uh, that bought, 12 of these for like a hundred dollars and i know he's going to want to buy more once he gets the shipment in and so i'm going to list the rest of them and see if he's going to want to buy the rest of them uh in one one cool buy so keep an eye keep an eye yeah what a what a crazy deal man <laughs> it was crazy. crazy deal it is unbelievable um so all right so my hustle week is uh is just uh, giving an extra thumbs up to the ones that I read. Uh, I don't really have anything. I just have bread and butter stuff. Um, and then again, that's, real. that's the reality of things. I mean, um, I mean, I think my last hustle of the week was like 
something small too is like a twenty dollar, thirty dollar thing. So it's like that's not always the case. If it's like a free item to twenty bucks, it's, that's a great hustle. But um, you know, I, there's times you get big deals. There's times where it's not so big, and that's okay. That's part of the reselling, and it kind of connects what we're talking about. Is are things going to get better? Um, and and is t- now the time to leave? And one of the things that we've got to really consider is um, maybe we don't need to leave, but we need to adapt. Yeah, and we say this a lot. Like th- this seems, I I feel like this is something we say almost every other episode. But it it truly is the time to adapt. If there's ever been a time, I, you know, I, we we had an episode. I think I want to say fifty episodes ago, where no, maybe less than that, where it was all about you know, if you're burning out, like make sure to stay away from resellers that are always negative. <laughs> because you can get really ne- like really negative like it's really easy you know to to google on youtube or whatever and just find you know ebay sales are slow ebay sales are bad but very rarely do, do you have there are some out there that talk about you know maybe it's it's time to adapt maybe it's time for example to change your sourcing right maybe maybe at this time right now you've been doing the same thing over and over again, and you're not getting the right results, right? And for example, clothing. I had I had shown how Harley Davidson shirts for over a year listings went up a hundred thousand, and you've been you've been you know watching all these YouTube videos. You even watched our podcast in the early days when we talk about Harley always sells, and maybe it's time for you to stop sourcing Harley. Maybe it's time, you know, to to stop sourcing shoes. Maybe it's time to stop, you know, maybe it's time to learn. Now, not saying all of a sudden drop everything and source. Maybe it's time to get uncomfortable too, right? You haven't been negotiating. You haven't been bargaining. You've been going to garage sales and whatever they'll tell you you've been willing to take. But maybe it's time for you to get that 50% discount, right? So you can add that profit to the money that you're making. Maybe it's time for you to stop just sourcing thrift stores. Maybe it's time to go to local deals, right? Go on Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, maybe go to the flea market or the swap meet. Like something needs to change for you not to have to step away from reselling. Uh, That's good. I mean, it's just realistic. And going along with the realistic thing is, and I mentioned this maybe last episode, a couple episodes ago, and I think it's a good point. I want to, I want to talk about it again is the idea that reselling doesn't have to be everything. Like we, we talk about reselling, like this is pure hustle podcast. And the 99.9% of what we're talking about is reselling, um, or reselling related, but we've done book reviews. We've talked about finances. We've talked about all kinds of things. And, and we even have episodes and you can check them out if you haven't you know, been following very long. We have whole episodes on how like reselling changes your mindset on so many areas of life. And if you want to be a good hustler, you can do other things besides reselling to hustle and make some money. And it's a weird flex to say like, I'm only a reseller. That's what makes me full time. Like there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, I'm, I resell a lot, but then also that got me a lot of money so that I've got this side business where I do some print-on-demand shirts. And then I also have kind of starting to break into real estate or I've started to break into copy editing or something where I've just got other sources of income, which to be honest, isn't a bad idea anyways. Now you can go 100% all in on reselling and that's probably what you need to do if you want to become like top tier and make it to the highest levels. But I think how many people actually make it to those levels, right? So sure if you want to be michael jordan and you want to be, you got to go all in on on basketball and that's got to be your thing 
Uh, but if you want to be successful overall and just have a better shot of, of being able to make your make ends meet, no matter what the economy is doing, you kind of want to be dabbling in various things. In the same way you want to be in different markets on eBay, you want to be maybe not just in used musical instruments, but maybe also a little bit in you know some artwork and maybe also a little bit in some electronics, just in case one of those markets starts to tank. You might also want to be in different industries or different different markets in general where, yeah, maybe eBay is going down, but this side business I have where I'm, you know, selling coffee to people on the side or whatever it is, I've stay away from MLMs, but you know, there, there's other things you can do to, to make money and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you failed as a reseller. In fact, if I knew a reseller who was able to use reselling to, to basically finance another business that takes off and does better, I'm not going to think like, oh, they failed at reselling. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think, man, what a wise hustler. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, and that was, for example, that was 2021 and 2022 for me is that, you know, I had an overage. So, right. So I was putting money in crypto. I was putting money into the, you know, I was trying to think of other businesses. I was going to actually start a two row. I was going to, I ended up on a property that I could probably have six vehicles for rent, maybe more if I needed to. Uh, And then reselling went down, car prices went up and two rows not going to happen anymore. Right. Which I'm kind of sad about. Uh, But, you know, right now I've mentioned this before, you know, I teach homeschooling co-ops. Right. So I have another income stream uh, that, yeah, my primary source of income is reselling. Mike and I do not make very much from the podcast, if any, at times. There are there are times that we don't make any money on the podcast. Uh, You know, right now, thankful to the, you know, the Patreon and Discord, we're able to have a consistent uh, you know, flow of some kind of income to help for the time that we spend away recording the podcast, researching the podcast, getting equipment. But if it wasn't for that, we'd be working for free at times. Okay. Uh, and, and on top of that, you know, I, I've considered, you know, maybe ghostwriting, right? I've had opportunities come to my way. People have asked me like, hey, do you mind ghostwriting uh, for me? Do you mind, you know, uh, help me edit some documents, so on? Because my educational background shows up. And so, don't there's no shame in that it's funny the other day i watched uh i think it was rockstar flipper and somebody had said anybody that does you know youtube or or a podcast isn't a real reseller and i'm like well i understand where you're coming from right that you know you're getting a little bit of income like especially the big youtube creators are getting most of their income from youtube but that doesn't mean they're not real reseller that means that they've been able to find a way to make money off of youtube right off of uh, the ability that they've learned how to share things in a way that resonates with people and they can still resell. Right. But they're going to put, put their focus on what their primary income is. Right. And so that's same with you. Maybe you're, you're great as a mechanic and you're like, kind of, I'm kind of done being a mechanic. I enjoy reselling, but things have been kind of rough. It's okay. Take a couple jobs, fix a couple cars on the side. Right. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. And then that kind of leads us to uh, our final place here. Maybe it's time to leave. Maybe this is the writing on the wall for you. And I know that that might sound anti purist podcast, but we got to be real about it, right? If, if there comes a time when you can't pay the bills, if there comes a time that, you know, you're in all kinds of crazy debt uh, and you don't see any way out, you know, in reselling, you know, we, we in the discord, we shared about how some of us got into Amazon and we leverage ourselves a lot. Right. Some of us were in 30K debt, 50K, 80, 100K debt, whatever it is. But we knew with Q4, it would rebound. Right. You know, you end up (laughs) 
wash, repeat, and you keep doing it. I mean, there was a year uh, where I, I was heavy leveraged and Q4 evened everything out. But let's say you are and there is no way out. Then maybe it's time to take that full-time job, right? Get yourself out of debt, improve things, right? Make things better. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, who cares? Who cares what people on social media think? Who cares? I, you know, I say this on the podcast too. Like, there may be a day where I decide to be a full-time administrator again. Or maybe, you know, I, I've been a college professor before. Not, well, professor's not the title, but I've taught college adjunct. And maybe it's time for me to go into college education, right? I, there, there's no shame in that. Like, that, that's okay. Because ultimately, Mike and I and our judgment of you doesn't matter. What matters is your children. What matters is your spouse, your significant other, your family, those you're providing for. Or if you're single, what matters is, hey, being in a better place financially a year from now than trying to grind it out in a losing battle. Yeah, you got any any feedback on that one? No, I mean I I think that's good. I think we covered everything and and that's where we're at. You know what I mean? Like that's sometimes it's sometimes it's worth fighting and getting through it. Sometimes it's worth jumping ship and doing something else. Sometimes it's worth adapting, right? We can't answer that question for every individual person. You've got to figure that out yourself. Um, but take time. Take your time to really consider. Anytime you make any kind of decision like that, it, it you should it should come with a lot of thought, a lot of uh a lot of maybe seeking some other people's input and insight. We've had people recently on the Discord kind of do that with various things like, hey, what would you do with this? Or could somebody look at my store? And I I think those are good things. Like, so, so don't just make a decision today. Like there's times when Orlando will tell me like, Hey, like, you know, things are really rough with reselling in this area or I'll tell him like things are really rough with school in this area. And just having somebody from the outside kind of going, yeah, but remember last year when that happened and then you did it end up and it's like, okay. yeah, Yeah. And sometimes you just need somebody, you know, so don't make a hasty decision, whether it's, you know, spending way more time and energy in reselling if it's going down or jumping ship completely. Like, consider the pros and cons, figure it out and make a wise decision um, before you just do anything rashly or even even following kind of the herd. The herd mentality says everything's awful or you can crush it if you just buy this course. And 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 sometimes you need to step away from the herd mentality and, and, and really consider what's best for you and your reselling. Agreed. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.